The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome, or should I say, top of the morning to you, which Irish people hate because they don't actually say that, but hey, uh, this isn't your holiday anymore. We have hijacked it as Americans like we did with Cinco de Mayo (laughs) and so many other international holidays or whatever, and uh, we have made it our own, but you know what? It's uh, it's all good because it's not even about St. Patrick's Day today. It's about the opening of March Madness. It's opening day of March Madness. Good morning and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. It is March the 17th, 2022, 7.03 on your Tucson Thursday. And uh, we have a just a, a really quick abbreviated show for you today. It's a one-hour show. Um, so from uh, 7 to 8 today, we'll be live on the air. And then 8 o'clock, we uh, make way for Westwood One's coverage of March Madness. And uh, they'll have their full Pre-game and you know the, all the all the uh, the pre-game hype and stuff like that. We'll be doing it again tomorrow too. They'll have a uh, a full preview of the games that are going to be laid out today because there are 16 games that are going to be played today on this opening round day of the NCAA tournament and some pretty good ones right off the bat. If you're wondering which games you'll be able to hear right here on the air as we are your uh, Tucson home for March Madness, the first game of the day today is the Michigan-Colorado State game. Look, that's, it's, a, it's an important game. A lot of people are, have circled this one as a, one of those big 11-6 upsets. Michigan, an 11 seed, even though they were a top 40 net team in, in the country this year, probably because they went 17-12 and 12 on the season and had some problems here and there. But, you know, of course, they get their head coach, Jawan Howard, back just before the Big Ten tournament from his suspension. He has, uh, you know, made his amends with his players and fellow coaches and the media, whomever else was upset with him or whatever. And, I, I mean, now look, I thought it was ridiculous that you take a swing at a coach like that anyway. But um, I've said my piece, and that's uh, it's, all, uh, it's all good now. So Jawan Howard gets, uh, you know, he gets the, the, uh, the, the ball rolling today for his uh, Michigan Wolverines. They will play at 9.15. That tip-off is at 9.15 this morning, and uh, you can hear that right here on ESPN Tucson. Immediately following that game, starting about 25 minutes after the tip-off uh, tip of that game, will be South Dakota State-Providence, which is another big uh, game that's been circled on people's uh, brackets. At least I think it has. It has been on mine. You know, South Dakota State, one of the uh, scarier teams in this tournament, because of the fact that they just they shoot the lights out against everybody they play, you know I talked about him yesterday, forty four over forty four percent shooting from the three point line, which is four percent better than the next best team in the country. Like they just shoot better than everyone, and they got a guy in their team that shoots fifty seven percent from three, and it's not because he's like six of you know eleven on the season. <laughs> That kid has uh, has made a lot of three-pointers, and they're very good. They're very scary, and Providence has been kind of a shaky team here and there, especially late, and it could be an interesting one. That game will tip off at 9.30 local time. So that's your first two games of the slate. 
And then the the kind of mid-morning slate, the one that gets you through till about noon today, there will be four tip-offs, and you'll be hearing a, a, a mixture of these games sprinkled in here on ESPN Tucson. We have Memphis-Boise State, which is a 9-8 matchup in the West region. Should be a good one. Boise State, um, I think kind of a surprise coming out of their conference. They're the worst free-throw shooting team in the country, which could be interesting uh, little take for, for them and why I've picked Memphis in that game. Then you have your first number one seed playing, Baylor. Going to be taking on Norfolk State. Um, that game is going to tip off at uh, right around 11 a.m. Uh, will that uh, will that game tip? And then you've got Tennessee Longwood coming up. That, that, that game will tip off shortly after that. That game, I think, is going to tip off right around 12.30, 12.40, somewhere around there. Um, so this is kind of like your mid-morning uh, slate of games. And then you've got Richmond, Iowa rounding out that pre-noon schedule uh, here in uh, in Tucson. So some interesting games to start off. That's your first six, essentially, of the opening uh, round, opening day of, of the tournament. Um, some interesting notes in there, just like I mentioned. South Dakota State, best three-point shooting team in the country. Um, you've got uh, Boise State, worst free-throw shooting team in the country. An interesting note about Longwood. Ironically, their name is Longwood, and they are the shortest team in the NCAA tournament. So, <laughs> ironically, for uh, Longwood, they're actually quite the uh, the short uh, the short team in the in the tournament. So, um, again, the uh, the Wildcats don't play today. The Wildcats will play tomorrow, and we know who they're going to play now because they got their uh, they got the uh, their opponent who punched their ticket last night, and that was Wright State in their victory in their play-in game over Bryant. You know, it was an exciting game. 93-82 was the final. There were a lot of points scored in that game, specifically by one particular player, Tanner Holden. Uh, he was the, his, uh, the the kid wearing number two in Wright State. Went off last night, had 37 points, was 10 of 14 from the field and 14 of 16 from the free throw line. My goodness. And then uh, Peter Kiss, whom I mentioned yesterday, because uh, I picked Bryant to win that game. Of course I did, so I'm already 0 for 1 in my picks. I didn't care about picking anything else of the playing games. I just picked that one because it was Arizona's opponent. Uh, and, of course, I, I picked the losing team. So hopefully the, the losing picks are over. Because if you go to my Twitter account, uh, I have posted my official bracket for this uh, for this tournament. So you can go check it out at UAZ Voice. You can see all the picks that I've made and just be like, oh, Jeff, what are you thinking? <laughs> because that's how I felt uh, at certain points in times when I was writing in some of the names. Uh, but nonetheless, Peter Kiss last night, 28 points, but it wasn't enough. They, uh, uh, Brian just couldn't play defense without fouling, and that was a huge problem for them. Sending, uh, obviously, sending Wright State to the line 32 times in that game. Game took quite a while to uh, to finish up, but nonetheless, Wright State gets the dub, and uh, they're moving on, and they're, they, they're, um, they're, their reward is getting to play Arizona, a team that is favored by 20-and-a-half over them right now. Um, and if you know, we'll we'll take a you know a look at what Wright State is going to do. We'll, we'll you know we'll have a look at them um, tomorrow morning. I don't want to bog you down with a bunch of statistics and scouting reports on a team that's not going to play until tomorrow. So we'll have a full preview of Arizona versus Wright State, and then uh, you know a potential look ahead at who Arizona would be playing on Sunday because we know that they're going to play the winner of the 9-8 matchup in the South region, which is the winner of the Seton Hall-TCU game 
a, a difficult game to pick. The nine eights are always difficult. It's almost like a coin toss, um, you know. And I've mentioned early, you know, throughout the you know throughout the week that in in history, of course, the nines actually have the winning edge over the eights, although very slightly. It's a two game edge, but nonetheless, the nines have won more games against the eights than the eights have against the nines. So. Um, you know, if if you just like kind of going with the trends, then pick the nines. If you like the matchups, or if it's something you like about the team, pick the eight. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Um, it it doesn't happen all that often where the, the team emerging from the nine eight game beats beats the one seed, but it has certainly happened several times in uh, in history. I don't believe it'll be happening at any point in time this year because I believe the ones are so very strong in this tournament. There's been plenty of times in the past where I think you've seen a weakened one seed. You're like, ah, oh, that team kind of squeaked into the one seed. That's the easy bracket for those other teams there that are looking to knock off a one seed. It will not be easy for any of the teams in this year's tournament because you've got Gonzaga, the number one overall seed, who have just just smash-caked everyone they've played. Arizona, very, very similar, obviously playing in a, in a, in a I think a more level conference than what Gonzaga plays in in the WCC. And look, I'm not you know, San Francisco, very good team. St. Mary's, very good team. I mean, there's some good teams in the WCC. It's just that the, you know the Pac-12, as I mentioned yesterday, is going to recruit more NBA-ready players and send more guys to the NBA. Um, and things are just a little bit, little bit tougher, a little bit more of a grind here in the Pac-12. Of course, coaches are making a lot more money in this conference as well, which makes things also more difficult, bigger stadiums, bigger crowds to play in, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So I think that things make, make things more difficult for uh, for you know, the Pac-12. Pac but nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> I feel like Arizona has proven themselves, solidly proven themselves, as if not the number one seed in this tournament, certainly the second best, uh, second highest seed in this tournament. Then you got Kansas, whom, you know, played great against teams that they should beat, and then any time they got – it seemed like any time they got up against someone who was bound to give them a, a test, they would wilt. Uh, so they're an interesting seed. They're an interesting team. You know, that, that potential matchup with Creighton, I don't think they would have any trouble with San Diego State. San Diego State's the lowest-scoring team in the tournament. I don't think they would have much trouble with, with San Diego State. San Diego State's a good team, but it just I think stylistically-wise, I don't think that Kansas would struggle with them. But, but Creighton – has beaten some really good teams this year, uh, and they have proven themselves. And that is going to be a test for Kansas if that's the uh, if that's the game that plays out in the second round. And then you get the defending champs Baylor, who people have basically forgotten about, who were so good all season long. They finished number six in the net uh, this year. They have eight quad one victories, which is more than anyone outside of Purdue. So people have easily forgotten about Baylor. And it's funny because the like the disrespect that they're getting, you go onto the, the, the websites and stuff like that where you see the experts picking. We are have sent our sixty experts to the you know to the round table to pick uh, this year's bracket and blah blah blah. And only four of them picked Baylor to get into the final four. And I'm like, people sleeping on Baylor. Like, uh, be careful. <laughs> because it's a really good basketball team. They're the defending champs. They're extremely athletic. Of course, James Akinjo we're very familiar with running the point there. They've got Matthew Mayer, who's a tremendous role player, and, and you know, kind of like their, you know, he's like their version of Dale and Terry, uh, but more of a th- more of an offensive version of the Dale and Terry's big three, big time three point shooter and such. But I don't know, sleep on Baylor, like be careful. 
um, just kind of dismissing them. Um, I saw a bracket last night where somebody had North Carolina going all the way to the Final Four, and I'm like, you watch North Carolina play this year? <laughs> Barely got into the tournament. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it's the, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, here we are in March, you know, the March April transition. We've got the NFL draft ahead of us. Spring training, thankfully, is is uh, now in uh, you know in production. Usually in full swing by now, but we're going to be starting games tomorrow. Actually, uh, there will be uh, some uh, some baseball games being played tomorrow, and the NBA is rounding down towards the end of the regular season. Get ready to the playoffs. So is the NHL. So everything kind of happening right now. And then of course March Madness. And I've got a breakdown of, uh, of some of the stuff here for you um, as we look ahead to today. Now, I mentioned some of the early games, Michigan-Colorado State. I like Michigan to upset Colorado State in that game, although I think Michigan might be a one-point favorite now. I've, I have, haven't looked at FanDuel yet this morning um, to look at stuff because I, I got in my bets all last night. Everything that I was going to be playing essentially today, like stuff that I had already thought out that I wanted to be playing today, uh, I've already I've already put my put my card in there. Yeah, Michigan's a one point favorite over over Colorado State. So the the eleven seed is already Vegas has already got them as a one point favorite over the uh, over the 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 six seed there. So um, I like Michigan to win that game, but you know we'll we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, they've got Providence as a two point favorite over South Dakota State, which is a very narrow number for a thirteen four matchup, right? Like it seems like man. <laughs> A 13-4 game, you would expect a little bit more of a spread than that. But uh, again, these are you know these are wise people in Las Vegas, and they're like, no, San Diego State's going to keep this. Uh, San Diego State, South Dakota State's going to keep this thing close. Uh, may even win the damn thing. So, um, so that there, there, you've got you've got that. Uh, some of the other odds out there, you've got Memphis as a three-point favorite over Boise, Baylor a twenty-and-a-half point favorite over Norfolk, Tennessee an eighteen-point favorite over Longwood. Oh, I think I got them at 18.5. You're taking the hook off there for me there, FanDuel. Need to redo my bet. <laughs> uh, Iowa, a 10-point favorite over Richmond. Iowa's a hot team. They're a hot pick right now. A lot of I've seen a lot of brackets with uh, with Iowa going to the Final Four. Um, you, they, they've been playing extremely hot. And I've seen several people's brackets with Iowa versus Auburn in that elite elite eight matchup, and and I have the same matchup. I have Iowa versus Auburn, um, but it's in that in that game when when you break everything down. And I know that that Iowa has some you know really tremendous talent, and we'll talk about one of them here coming up in just a little bit. But I think when I when I picked that game, I just said, well, I'm going to go with Bruce Pearl over Fran McCaffrey. I just I think Bruce Pearl's a more proven head coach, even. As dumb as Auburn has been subject to play this year with their they their basketball IQ is just not sharp. It is not good, and look, that's a team that could get upset at any point along the way. They're ridiculously talented, but they play so dumb at times. Specifically, their point guard, um, who just loses his mind in basketball games. Sometimes I can't believe that they've you know they've been able to, to weather this storm. It just you know it's a tribute to how talented they are, and they they're a team that goes on runs, l- runs and lulls because they just they're so emotional. Um, but I just I I picked coaching in that one. I just I think Bruce Pearl's a little bit better coach than Fran McCaffrey's. So that's why I went with Auburn. So again, if you want to go to uh, to my Twitter page at UAZ Voice, you'll see the full bracket laid out there, and you can 
take from that what you will. I'm no expert. I don't win a lot of these things. I've won a few in the past. Um, I haven't had a really great bracket, uh, like a really great completed bracket, filled out in a you know in a in several years. To be honest with you, so, the one I had, I think it was two years ago. Uh, or two tournaments ago, I should say, was maybe the worst bracket I've ever had in my entire – I don't think I've ever had a worst bracket ever. Like, it was that bad. But talking to other people, their brackets were pretty bad too. It might be a sign of the times. Um, as the the mid-majors, as people like to call them, uh, have have kind of leveled the playing field quite a bit. You know, there's a lot more resources out there for coaches to go out and watch these kids at the uh, high school level – recruiting from the European leagues and th- obviously Arizona fans very familiar with that with who our team is made up of several European players on this Arizona team and they're a one seed uh, Gonzaga same way Gonzaga has been they've been recruiting the the international waters for quite some time and it has served them extremely well so uh, look it's going to be a it's going to be a great time today I hope you guys are, are looking forward to it as much as I am this is just uh, – it's so much fun. And, look, it's, it's great to have a team like Arizona in our own, back, our own backyard, right? I mean, we're very lucky here. Um, we're In the state of Arizona, we're very lucky. If you're a Suns fan, um, obviously, get two teams like, like the Wildcats and the Suns this time of year, man, it, it is <laughs> – it's exciting. And if you're, a t- if you're someone like me who expects those teams to do really, really well in their postseason tournaments – you might want to take a look at the parlay card for like on FanDuel Sportsbook um, on their their parlay card. I don't know what the odds are right now because I got it um, a, a few weeks ago. But my two leg parlay for Arizona winning the national championship and the Suns winning the NBA championship is coming off at plus thirty four seventy. So a hundred dollar bet wins you three thousand four hundred and seventy dollars. So it's <laughs> pretty good, pretty good uh, cash right there. If you uh, if you're so inclined to take a look at those kinds of things at futures bets and stuff like that, I like futures bets. I've got a lot of a lot of money tied up in futures bets. I've got NHL's futures bets. I've got NBA and plenty of March Madness futures bets as well. So uh, lots of those available to you on uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook. All right. We're going to take a timeout when I return. We'll talk some more NCAA tournament. There's also some news in the NFL. Not as big a news and, you know, big happenings yesterday in free agency in the NFL as we kind of expected. But there were some, there were some signings of note, and we might find out today what is going to happen with the linchpin that has now become the Deshaun Watson trade and how it's going to affect the NFL. It's basically down to, in my opinion, it's down to three teams all three of those teams are in the NFC NFC South. Pardon me. We'll uh, we'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. In this bizarro world of legal sports betting, that the online sports gambling aspect of this world, you see some crazy stuff. And I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. By the way, I had a really nice parlay last night on the Phoenix Suns, and I'm in a, I'm in a very, very good mood today. Uh, it, it was, <laughs> I was, I was chewing on my nails watching it at the at the finale there, waiting for the Phoenix Suns to win the game by a certain amount of points, but nonetheless came through. 
and uh, very happy this morning. Now, you see some weird stuff in the in this new world of, of legalized sports gambling. And this individual here, this was sent to me by uh, FanDuel Sportsbook here because they, they, they'll send me some stuff. They're like, here, check this out. This is really funny. Um, <laughs> this, this fellow decided he was going to play a four-leg parlay on the NCAA tournament. He has parlayed all four of the 16 seeds on the money line against the one seed, meaning that he has taken all 16 seeds to upset the one seed in, in, this, in this year's tournament. And, again, this is not a serious bet. He only bet a dollar. It's a $1 stake. So basically what this gentleman did was, or, or lady, it could have been, uh, has basically taken a $1 bill and set it on fire. Like, that's, that's, that's what they've done. Like, they just, there's no chance of this happening. No chance of this happening. But if it does, if, if the unimaginable comes true, if by some inc- like ridiculous reason this potential card has, uh, you know, if it eventually hits, and again, if this does happen, say your prayers, tell everyone you, you, know, you love that you love them because the world is coming to an end if this happens. However, this better who bet $1 on this particular four-leg parlay card would win $139,586. On a one dollar stake, so again, it's it's just somebody setting a one dollar bill on fire. There's really nothing, nothing more to say other than that. But uh, hey, you know, I I can't I can't even go there. Like normally, I'm that person. I'm like I'm pretty optimistic. I'm like, oh, I can see maybe a possibility that happen. No, uh, uh-uh. it's not happening. Well, first of all, because Arizona is one of the one seeds, so it's definitely it's definitely not happening. Uh, Wright State is is not beating Arizona. I saw I saw on Twitter last night or this morning, maybe both. Arizona fans are like, "Oh, Tanner Holden's going to be a problem." <laughs> Stop. Purdue beat that team by like fifty one points earlier this year. <laughs> Just settle down, okay? Arizona's not going to flinch against Wright State. Second round matchups. That's when things get real. So uh, we'll we'll keep you apprised of all that again. Arizona to play. Until uh, until tomorrow at four thirty, so we'll have a full preview on another shortened version of the Jeff Dean Show tomorrow. NFL news and notes, not all, and there really was a lot less going on in the world of, of free agent signings than what we expected to see, because you know normally it's like oh it's crazy you know, Wednesdays. However, only a few signings, and only a couple of note really. The big one was Von Miller going to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I actually predicted this. I had said, I believe I said on the air, that I think the Buffalo Bills are in deep on the uh, on the Von Miller sweepstakes and they're real players in this and they need somebody. As much as much resources as they've spent on drafting uh, edge rushers in the last couple of seasons, last 2-3 years, uh, and looking at free agents and bringing free agents in to, you know, to in- increase their pass rush. Their best pass rusher has still been Jerry Hughes over the last couple of years, and he's only had like I think he had like 35 quarterback pressures last year. Not good enough. So the Buffalo Bills go out there and get themselves Von Miller. Now, Von Miller signs a six-year deal with the Buffalo Bills, which included a $45 million signing bonus. $45 million fully guaranteed at signing. So, like, Buffalo was like, hey, uh, Von Miller, 
we're going to sign you to a six-year deal. And even he and his agent were probably like, wait, wait, what? I'll never see the end of that six-year deal. I'll be 39 years old when that deal comes to fruition. He's just 33 right now. He would be 39. you imagine a 39-year-old edge rusher? Von Miller looked old this year. <laughs> so they, the Bills basically said, look, we need to make a run for the Super Bowl in the next two, three years. We believe we have a true contender over the next two, three years, and we'd like to win as many of them as possible. So we're going to give you $45 million. We're going to back a Brinks truck up to your front door. We're going to dump $45 million in cash on your, on your front porch. Uh, enjoy that, and then come play for us. You should be able to find somewhere nice to live in Hamilton, Canada, uh, because nobody wants to live in, in Buffalo, and, and then you can come play your games here. So they lock up Von Miller. It makes the Buffalo Bills a, a, another even more intriguing piece in the AFC, which is already super, super loaded. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the, uh, on the Buffalo Bills. And their GM, they also signed O.J. Howard, uh, tight end. They were looking for another tight end. They got themselves a little more athleticism there at the tight end position. O.J. Howard kind of never really panned out in Tampa. Really highly uh, praised, of course, coming out of Alabama. Never really panned out. And we'll see if uh, you know a change of scenery is, is a good thing for O.J. Howard. But the, the Buffalo Bills and the AFC, man, wow, just still loading up. The, uh, speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they re-signed Chris Godwin to a three-year, $60 million deal. That was a situation like they released him. They didn't tag him. I think it was kind of like, look, if, if Tom Brady comes back, if you'd like to come back, we're definitely going to re-sign you. We just, we're not going to keep you at the current number. We're not going to tag you out of respect for you as an individual, as a player. So, you know, go feel free to go out there and seek other, you know, seek other opportunities. But eventually Chris Godwin did come back, and that was a good situation. I think it's, a, I think it's an, a good relationship there between Chris Godwin and the Buccaneers, and that should pay dividends for them. Chandler Jones, the Arizona Cardinals defensive end, edge rusher who had been released by the Cardinals, or not re-signed, I should say, uh, by the Cardinals, he found a new home in Las Vegas, and the Raiders are going to be taking on Chandler Jones. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Raider fan last night, and she was like, we got Chandler Jones. I'm like, yeah, for five games. Because dude don't play full 17-game season, doesn't play a full 16-game season for that matter. So, like, congratulations, good luck. I kind of burst her bubble. She she kind of comes to me for all of her sports stuff. She's like excited. She got, you know, news that the Raiders had signed Chandler Jones, and she thought that was a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's It's good. He'll be great for you for five games when he actually shows up to play. And, as I mentioned, the Deshaun Watson you know, sweepstakes continues. It's basically down to four teams. It's three NFC South teams and the Cleveland Browns. I don't believe the Cleveland Browns are a legitimate talking piece in this aspect just because, number one, I don't think that Deshaun Watson wants to go to Cleveland for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's in the AFC. There's a lot more competition in the AFC. He would already He would still only be – you know, third best, fourth best quarterback in the AFC if he went there. If he comes to the NFC, um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, maybe like, is that is that the only quarterback? In my opinion that's that's better than Deshaun Watson right now. I mean, I love Matthew Stafford. Don't get me wrong. If we're talking age and all that kind of stuff, got to factor all that stuff in. They're pretty close, but uh, 
I believe that decision is going to come down today. I believe it's between the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints. The Saints overnight freed up an extra like eighteen million dollars under the cap. They were in, they were in salary cap hell uh, of, by their own doing, and they were able to free some money up. So they've got about twenty eight million under the cap now that they could potentially go out and uh, and sign Deshaun Watson. So those are the two favorites. They, it, it's it's interesting. The Panthers have been working on Deshaun Watson for a year uh, behind the scenes. Been you know been working on him, talking with him, dealing with him, probably illegally. But nonetheless, the Panthers and Matt Rule have been wooing Deshaun Watson. The New Orleans Saints are an interesting piece because it is the New Orleans Saints. It's a, it's a very heralded uh, franchise, and they've got some interesting pieces there. And then you've got the Atlanta Falcons, which is home for Deshaun Watson. He was a ball boy for the Atlanta Falcons. And interestingly enough, he actually went and made an on-site visit with the Atlanta Falcons yesterday, which is something the other teams have not gotten with Deshaun Watson. With with uh, with respect to the other teams, it was all Zooms uh, and things like that. He actually went to Atlanta and visited with the Falcons on site. Now, it could have been, you know, maybe he was, you know, home visiting family or something like that. But nonetheless, he, he was on campus with the Atlanta Falcons. And again, we're kind of treating this like a uh, like a collegiate recruiting, you know, trip, right? Um, so Deshaun Watson could make that decision today, and that'll change a lot of things within the NFL. And then real quickly, the 49ers have been kind of quietly restructuring contracts, and the 49ers all of a sudden find themselves with about $27 million in cap space. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to jump in on the Deshaun Watson saga because the way that that whole thing worked out with, with Houston is Houston fielded all of the trade offers, of the trade offers that they accepted, those are the teams that they presented to Deshaun Watson as potential trade partners. The 49ers went out on the list, and nor did I think the 49ers would be on the list. What I do think is interesting for the 49ers, though, $27 million. Now, they went out and they already signed Javarius Ward, cornerback from the Kansas City Chiefs, so they got themselves another corner, which they so drastically needed. Uh, they could probably use another linebacker and another defensive lineman as they lost D.J. Jenkins in, uh, to, to free agency, D.J. Jones, sorry, uh, to free agency um, earlier this week. What I think that $27 million might be for is for Jimmy Garoppolo because that's Jimmy's number for this season. That's his cap number. Maybe the NFL trade market completely dried up on Jimmy G. And maybe it's a situation where they trade him midseason. I'm not exactly sure, but I know the 49ers don't want to lose him for nothing, and they'd rather have him than not. So the 49ers have been quietly kind of moving and restructuring around, but they freed up $27 million, and that could be earmarked for Jimmy Garoppolo, and it could mean another year on the bench for Trey Lance. But uh, we'll see what happens as all of this still coming down and still plenty to do to go here before we get to the NFL draft coming up just a few weeks away. All right, we're going to take a timeout. More after, after this on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, kids. Well, if you haven't jumped on the uh, Michigan over Colorado State game yet, uh, the line is moving. It's ballooning. It's gotten up to minus two and a half now. It's gone up a point and a half in literally the last 20 minutes. So 
something has happened and Vegas has been alerted. <laughs> so if you want to get on that, I highly recommend doing it ASAP uh, before it uh, it gets too far out of hand. Just a little, you know, a little from me to you there. Obviously, you can go on to uh, on the Twitter. Follow my Twitter at UAZ Voice. I've got my uh, my bracket there. Not that it would sway any of your picks, and I'm not ex- suggesting that it should because my brackets have been awful in the last several years. So the, the last time I had a really, really good bracket, I think it was like four or five years ago, that um, it finished highly nationally in like the ESPN contest, like the of the 3.6 million people. I think it, it, I was either 77th or 177th in the entire country on ESPN with my bracket. It was a, it was a really good bracket. I was really proud of that one. Um, so, again, some of the, uh, the lineup today that you'll hear right here on ESPN Tucson as we are your home for March Madness. Also, don't forget the March, the March Brackets uh, contest cutoff is in about an hour and 16 minutes. Okay, So you got to get that in. Go to ESPNTucson.com, submit your bracket there, and you could win one of the many prizes that we have available to you, uh, the $500 grand prize. We've got the, uh, the Corona prize pack for second prize, which has got a 40-quart grizzly cooler, which is really cool, and a Corona patio umbrella um, and a $50 Visa gift card. Third place gets a $100 Visa gift card. So make sure you go on to ESPNTucson.com and uh, get involved in, uh, in that contest before 9 a.m. today. That is the cutoff. Uh, so at 9 a.m., we'll switch over to the Westwood One's live coverage, live on-site coverage in um, in you know in the arena there as Michigan gets ready to take on Colorado State that will be the first game of the day tip off is scheduled for 9:15 a.m. and then it'll be followed by the South Dakota State Providence game um, at 9:40 then there's going to be a little bit of a lull about an hour lull where we can watch those games and then a whole slate of games kind of our mid morning games anywhere that will be starting from like 11 a.m. to noon will be starting. we got Memphis, Boise State, Norfolk State, Baylor, Longwood, Tennessee, and Richmond, Iowa. That little four banker there um, that we'll have for you. And then afternoon, uh, Georgia State and Gonzaga, that game will tip off at 115. So we got the Zags in action today here. Um, you've got Marquette, North Carolina could be a good one. I think the New Mexico State-UConn game. UConn's an interesting, an interesting team in this tournament. They've won some some games against some really good teams, and then they've had some losses where you're just like, what happened? (laughs) How did you lose that game? Uh, Kentucky going to be in action tonight. That game is at 4 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, just a whole slew of games, and then it goes all the way until the end of the night tonight. The final game tipping off at right around 7 o'clock will be uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. They'll be taking on, uh, of course, Kansas, taking on the winner of that Texas Southern uh, play-in game against the against Corpus Christi, and uh, so Kansas Texas Southern that'll be the final game of the night. Um, that again, that game tips off at right around seven o'clock is when they'll have that UCLA in action tonight. They're going to take on Akron. That game is late, uh, seven fifty. Uh, sorry, six fifty start for that one. San Francisco Murray State, which I think is destined to be a great game. Um, looking forward to that one. Haven't seen Murray State play this year. They won thirty games in the regular season. Uh, it's a lot of wins for a team like that. So um, that could be interesting. And then uh, Vermont, Arkansas, a lot of people picking that Vermont upset. I like the Catamounts. They're the best rebound, like basically the best rebounding team that we've seen in the last 30 years. They are, <laughs> they are tremendous. And uh, they rebound more missed shots than any team 
in the last 30 years of college basketball. And that's factual. Those are factual stats. They are over 81% defensive rebounding percentage, which is the second highest in the history of college basketball. So a little bit of, uh, little bit of insight there for you. If you like those kinds of things, I'm here for you. The, the Arizona Cardinals haven't done a whole lot in, the, in, in free agency. They did sign Jeff Gladney. Um, he's a, a cornerback that uh, was released by the Minnesota Vikings last year because, and this was no surprise to a lot of people who c- cover the, the draft and scouting and all that kind of stuff of players coming out of college, but Gladney was arrested for uh, a, a, on a charge of assaulting his uh, former girlfriend. He was charged with domestic violence uh, and then a lawsuit by the woman as well that he tried to bribe her and intimidate her into keeping quiet about the the uh, the event. A jury uh, recently found him not guilty uh, by unanimous decision. That was just uh, a week ago and uh, essentially allowed other teams to go ahead and say, okay, well, now that you're not going to be in prison for the next 10 years, we can go ahead and, and uh, start uh, you know offering you deals. Well, the Cardinals got him uh, to, to sign to a, a free agent deal. They'll be bringing him in here. He's a, he's a talented corner. He's at a TCU. The big knock on him coming out of TCU was his off-the-field issues. He had problems when he was in Fort Worth in college. Like That was what pushed him down to be like a third-round pick as opposed to a high second-round pick, which is where he probably should have been. And I think it's interesting because his NFL draft comp was a player by the name of Robert Alford, who many people are familiar with, who's been in the league for, uh, I think he's, he's going to be entering his 10th season in the league by now. He's, he's been in the league for a while. Robert Alford, whom played with the Cardinals last year, whom they have not re-signed. He's on a, he's, he was on a one-year deal, and uh, they, they have not re-signed him. So the, the guy who was his NFL comp is also or was also on the roster, so it may have just been a direct replacement. They're like, Maybe Steve Kime was going back in the annals and be like, hey, what's the uh, scouting report on this Jeff Gladney guy? And they're like, oh, here this and that, blah, 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 off the field issues. Yeah, we knew about that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here it says his uh, his NFL comp is Robert Alford. And Steve Kime's like, well, that guy's not, that name sounds familiar. How do I know that? And they're like, he was on your team last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Because <laughs> today is Steve Kime's favorite day. It's drinking drinking holiday, so, you know. Loves that. I've seen D- Steve Kime out on St. Patty's Day like every year. I'm not kidding. Every year I see him out somewhere because <laughs> I'm out. I'm in. I'm in the business kind of thing. So I see. Uh, you know, I'm out at the bars and stuff like that just because of my my uh, regular daily business sends me out to bars and I'm in. I've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, I see Steve Kime every single St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, dude, g- stop. Like, stop. Just stop. <laughs> You've been arrested twice, man. I mean, that's not funny. Uh, and we should all take it very, very seriously tonight. Well, I'll have my little message for you guys before we sign off. Uh, all right, so speaking of that, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on our shortened edition today of the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, as we get ready for the the tournament, for the first day of the tournament, again, we're going to be turning things over to Westwood One here in just a few minutes. I'm out of here after just a one-hour show today. One hour, same thing tomorrow. One-hour show tomorrow, 7 to 8. 
I've, I've been thinking about this, and I can't remember. I didn't even go back in time. I'm just, I'm just going off of memory, and it's not that great because I'm getting older. <laughs> but think about this. Wildcat fans have – is this like the most favorited Arizona team to ever step into the tournament? You you read uh, the, the the so called you know so called experts out there. You read their articles. You watch the talking heads on TV, and basically forty percent, thirty five to forty percent of the experts out there are picking Arizona to win the national championship. Like it's not just like you know a few guys that are really riding Arizona. Like there's a lot of people that are saying Arizona's going to cut down the nets. And it, it gets me thinking, like, has there been another season? Has there been another tournament where Arizona was a one-seed or a two-seed where everybody was kind of on the Arizona bandwagon, just like, you know, where, where they were not the overwhelming favorite to win the championship, but certainly right there. I mean, Gonzaga is getting picked by most of you – know, I shouldn't say most. They're getting the, the, the largest chunk of the votes of – the college basketball experts, even the metrics makers, like the people like Ken Pomeroy and stuff like that, that put these metrics together, um, that have the computers that run simulations and all that kind of stuff. Like a lot of them are picking Gonzaga, but it's not like it's overwhelming. And the over, but the overwhelming second choice of all of these, whether it be the the humans or the computers, is Arizona. And I I honestly can't like I couldn't remember a time or a tournament where an Arizona team was so heavily favored to win the championship. Oh, sure, there's been plenty of times where Arizona has been a favorite to come out of their region and win the regional final to move on to the Final Four. But this is like legit national championship. They're the number two odds team in Vegas. And, yes, Gonzaga is a pretty heavy favorite. If you look at you look at the odds, basically look at the numbers, uh, Gonzaga's coming off at, at a pretty heavy, heavy favorite there, and rightfully so. They've earned it. They're a, a spectacular basketball team, and they've been there two of the last four years, knocking on the door right on the precipice of cutting down the net, just haven't been able to to finish the deal. Maybe this year is the, is the year for them. Maybe it's not because their former assistant coach faces them in the championship game with a team of, of talented players that they haven't seen before. I'm telling you right now, like that, that's that's the final that I picked, okay, and it's it's for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's the final we all want to see. I, I mean, say what you will. I mean, Arizona fans are like, no, I want to play Rutgers in the final or whatever. No, Rutgers didn't make it, but uh, whatever. I just picking names out of the air. You really want to see Arizona play the best, right? Like that's who I want to see. Like I want to see Arizona avenge their loss earlier this year to Tennessee in the in the Elite Eight to punch their ticket to the Final Four. I think that would be extremely poetic. I would love to watch Arizona match up against Auburn, and I do have them playing Auburn in the Final Four for a chance to go to the championship game because I think that that Arizona-Auburn matchup is just so incredibly compelling because the teams just match up so interestingly. Like the way that those matchups would work would be a lot of fun to watch. And yes, I have Arizona defeating Gonzaga for the national championship 
for a myriad of reasons. Number one, I think Gonzaga's the best team in that half of the bracket. I think they will punch their ticket and move into that national championship game just because of how good and how prevalent they really are. I mean, they're a, a, a spectacular team. And, yeah, maybe they could have a, a stumble, but I still think they're good enough, even when they don't play you know, extremely well, they're still good enough to win those games. And Arizona's the same way. You've got the two most consistent teams in the country kind of on a collision course for one another in New Orleans. And I am, I'm here for it, man. I am so excited for today, and I hope you guys are as well. Now, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. It is St. Patrick's Day. I want you all to have a wonderful day. Please enjoy yourselves, but please be safe. Make responsible choices. Don't go out there and act a fool on amateur night and get yourself in trouble or get someone killed or yourself or something. Okay, Just take it easy. Be responsible. Be an adult. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy life. But uh, be responsible. All right. I want to thank Mary back in the studio for all of her... uh, pushing the buttons and keeping me on the air and you guys enjoy the first day of March Madness and I will see you guys again tomorrow right here at 7 a.m. on 1490 a.m. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson this is ESPN Tucson KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD4 Tucson